0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to More Than Amused podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts hosted by Stani and Sadie.
1: Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems and educate ourselves and you on important and forgotten female artists of the past. Hello everyone and welcome back to More Than Amuse. I'm Stani.
0: I'm Sadie and thank you for being here. If you've clicked on this episode, you saw the title. We're talking about Barbie today, which is really exciting Hooray. because this has been on the calendar
1: for a year. For a year,
0: pretty much as soon as we knew that this Barbie movie was going to come out, July yes. of 2023, episode on the calendar
1: which by the way I feel like I knew about really early because we get like licensing overviews for work. Ooh. <laughs> and so I was like, Barbie's coming out in July, we need to talk about Barbie. We need to talk. So, about it. this has been a long time coming and we've both been very excited about the movie and these episodes. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, did you play with Barbies growing up? Yeah course i did same i know <laughs> 90s babies
0: we all had barbies yeah i loved my barbies i loved the disney barbies i always would get like the disney princess you know
1: mm-hmm. that i was think i had thing. an aurora one
0: yes i loved them i think i was more of a Polly pocket girl than i was okay, barbie i had those too but i mean of course i had barbies like i i loved my barbies
1: <laughs> i still remember one of my favorite christmas gifts ever was my dad made me a barbie house and my best friend who lived next door got a matching one and our moms got like floor samples and wallpaper samples and like decorated it and had like a little patio and then it had drawers for you to put the dolls in at the bottom that's amazing and i loved it because it was like wood and like cute instead of like the plastic barbie dream house Uh (laughs) and it like matched my whole room i loved that thing so That's I had so it in cool. my room until junior high, pretty much, I think. And we still have it. It's in my parents' garage because I I was too brokenhearted. I was like, mom, the girls at the school say we're too old to play with Barbies. But like, I don't want to get rid of them. I think I cried. I was so like... Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. They were like my main toy for the majority of my childhood.
0: Oh, that is so, so cute. I feel like like me and uh, my... Best friend that I had, like, in first grade, but then, like, you know, carried into high school. We definitely, like, joked that that we were, like, the last ones still playing with the brats and the Barbies and mm-hmm. the Polly Pockets mm-hmm. together. But, you know, it was so fun. I didn't want to let it go. I, I didn't either. I loved
1: them. <laughs> Sometimes I'm still, like, I shouldn't have let it go so quick. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think I was quite ready. Like, there was nothing wrong with me wanting to keep playing with dolls. Totally. But also, yeah. and not, like, for... Like typical, like feminine reasons. Like the plot
0: lines were intense. They were. <laughs> yes. They had whole lives. <laughs> whole <laughs> lives. Have you seen? <laughs> There's this funny TikTok that I I just remembered it this morning as I was like going over the research for this episode but I saw the funniest TikTok that I very much related to of like people think that girls playing like with Barbies are doing and it's like do you want to go shopping or whatever but mm-hmm. then it was like what it actually was like this Barbie being like you have been brought before the council to like to <laughs> answer for your crimes against humanity yeah. and I was just like yeah honestly <laughs>
1: it really was very deep I remember mine had really complicated love lives because I only had one Ken doll that he wasn't would, actually even Ken you'd have to it make was it complicated the, we'll talk about we're this is going to be a two-parter by the way so yes. this one we're talking about like the history and like mainly the dolls and then the next one we'll talk about the movies and then the movie mm-hmm. directed by Greta Gerwig but I only had one boy Barbie doll and he was actually did you ever see the Barbie and the Nutcracker movie yes oh
0: Yes, I love that yes. movie. So
1: I got the matching set of the ballerina oh. and the, the Nutcracker soldier. And he had a removable Nutcracker head. So then he turned into a prince. Oh. Yeah, and he had like the little outfit. And he was my Ken doll that I played with. So oh all gosh. of the women, of course had to date him so they would break up and then he would date the other one for her plot line and (laughs) they had to. I'm (laughs) okay, now that you
0: said like the nutcracker, I just remembered that I had like the Barbie Swan Lake and it had the prettiest dress. I just Googled it and I was like, oh they had the wings and the pretty dress. Mm -hmm. Man, next time I visit my parents, I'm definitely gonna just like take a gander to the old playroom. Also right and, and just I know, I'm like, look through all my old toys and all the pretty dresses because i i had the prince i think yeah from the swan lake that was yeah. the prince the boy barbie i had
1: so fun but so fun. anyway those movies were also an integral part you're right now we're talking we're about talking it next about. time and now i'm like oh i also <laughs> had the
0: princess and the pauper barbies that was the best movie mm-hmm. and the best dolls like the mm-hmm. first off the dresses were the best for both of them okay i just looked it up An unopened pack for two of them is going for like $1,000 right now. Gosh. Anyone has the Princess and the Pop or Barbies.
1: (laughs) I know. That's a whole other thing. I'm like, all of the childhood toys of the 90s are now like huge collector's items. Like my brothers are selling their Pokemon cards for like way more. Should have taken better care of that. My
0: bad. Anyways. But basically, we're Barbie lovers here.
1: Yes, we are. Always have been a huge fan even though it doesn't mean we don't understand the criticism so we will of course be talking about that but one of the coolest things about barbie so like starting out with like the history of it all Mm -hmm. is that what makes barbie amazing is that if you look at the history of like child's toys before barbie the only toys that were directly marketed towards young girls were like baby dolls or I think like play kitchens probably, Mm -hmm. like very domestic household, traditional feminine things. Yes. So it was like you get a baby doll. It's a baby. It has a binky and a stroller and a blanket and you are its mom and you have to take care of it and that's how you play. Mm -hmm. And you compare that with boys where it was like dinosaurs and trucks and like Legos where it's like build things and like (laughs) increase your imagination and get dirty and And then you have girls where it's like, oh, you'll be a mom. So here, take care of this fake baby. And so one of the amazing things about Barbie that I think a lot of people forget is that it was the first doll that actually allowed women to imagine the idea that they could literally be absolutely anything yeah um, mm-hmm. and the economist actually did a thing where they talked about the importance of barbie to children's imagination and i think that it ties so much in with culture the like 1950 is when Barbie came out, which was not the head of the feminist movement. Mm-hmm. It was definitely before. And Barbie has been a teenage fashion model, an astronaut, a surgeon, an Olympic athlete, a downhill skier, an aerobics instructor, a TV news reporter, a veterinarian, a rock star, a doctor, an army officer, an Air Force pilot so much more we'll talk about like all of her careers presidential candidate like everything you can think of barbie has done at one point yeah and this is the idea that like girls could be and imagine that they could be anything that they wanted to like Mm -hmm. it was like the door is open to you you can do whatever you want like here's a doll who's doing it
0: and i mean i'm sure you'll talk about this because i know you're going to talk about like the inception and the history of barbie but i loved hearing the story where Ruth Handler saw her daughters playing with like paper dolls or at least this is one version of the story apparently there's a couple Mm -hmm. you know like conflicting stories but whatever but and like realize like oh they're putting themselves in these dolls and that's not something they can do with their baby dolls and like no wanting to basically give her own daughters like that avenue to like put themselves and tell their own stories and just tell other stories that you can't do with babies you know and yeah
1: exactly and I think that
0: that really shows what Barbie is and what it was supposed to be this whole time
1: And it opened the avenue. Like we said, like toys would not exist as they do today without Barbie. Like I think of other brands I loved. Like we talked about Polly Pockets. Mm -hmm. You think of Bratz dolls. You mentioned those. (laughs) Those were like a huge thing. American Girl doll. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I loved my American Girl doll. Oh, I loved my American Girl doll too. (laughs) Uh Those wouldn't have existed without Barbie. So there's so much that became possible because of Barbie and we're not even touching on like the fashion impact that Barbie has had as well Mm-mm. which is like a huge whole other thing that you yeah. could do an entire episode on <laughs> truly so. but yeah let's talk a little bit about Ruth Handler so Ruth Handler was born on November 4th 1916 and she's best known of course for inventing the Barbie doll and being the first I would say female president and says first president of toy f- manufacturer Mattel but I think was technically her husband? Yeah. It was her husband, a co-founder, and then like her Okay, all kind of started it together. That makes sense. So I don't know, like she was first president, but then like the only female out of the three of them. Yeah. And she was in charge of that position from 1945 until 1975. How the whole thing happened, so she was actually born in Denver, Colorado, and then married her high school boyfriend, Elliot Handler, and they moved to LA in 1938 and she's actually working at Paramount for a while and her husband started trying out furniture making as a hobby and decided to make their furniture out of two different types of plastic which is lucite and plexiglass and it was like really successful so they started doing this commercially and began a furniture business which you think about the fact that's actually really revolutionary for the time like a lot of furniture was made out of wood so the fact that he started doing plastic furniture yeah Mm -hmm. huge thing she worked as a sales force for the new business and landed a lot of contracts with Douglas Aircraft Company and others as a part of their furniture company definitely a driving force in the whole thing and then saw the potential for their entrepreneurship. So they went into partnership with Harold Matt Matson, And how they came up with the name Mattel is they combined Matson's last name with Elliot's first name, creating Matson Elliot, or Mattel. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. According to Elliot, they actually tried to fit Ruth's name in there too, but they said they couldn't. I, you know, I would have appreciated the sentiment of Ruth's name being included, but
0: like, I also right. understand maybe including three names squashed together would be
1: difficult. I know, but the fact that her and Elliot had the same last name. True. Very true. they could have just first just name done that. instead. I'm like, you could have tried a little harder, but I mean, Mattel does roll off. I was going to say, so.
0: yeah, Mattel is a nice name, but... Yeah, Who knows?
1: Maybe (laughs) that's just because we
0: have the bias of it being Mattel this entire time. (laughs) I know, right?
1: (laughs) What happened next was actually very beneficial, even though it looked like a disaster at first. During World War II, furniture sales began to plummet, which makes sense. No one was furnishing their home. And so in order to help make some extra profit, Mattel began to manufacture toy furniture. That's... That just seems so cute that it's like, right? no one's buying the big, big tables, we'll
0: just make little tables. But the cost difference True. alone...
1: Huge. Yeah. (laughs) And it was so successful that they ended up moving Mattel Foley into toy manufacturing, which makes sense. They were used to making furniture out of plastic. So they just moved right over into it. Yeah. So we'll talk about the whole thing about Barbie in just a second. But later on in the history of Mattel, there was a lot of investigations where they found some fraudulent financial records. And so both Ruth and her husband, Elliot, ended up resigning from Mattel in 1974. They were both charged with fraud and false reporting to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. She pleaded no contest and was fined $57,000 and sentenced to 2,500 hours of community service. She's done some interviews since and has basically said that, like, she wasn't directly involved in the crimes, mm. but because she knew that they were happening and didn't immediately fire. The people responsible, she did consider herself personally responsible for it. Okay. So she took a lot of accountability for it. Actually, like I saw in an interview with her. It was at the end of the documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it seemed like she had a lot of remorse for how that was handled yeah she wasn't proud of the actions or wasn't trying to like excuse it of being like oh you know yes. yeah <laughs> also what's notable is right before that happened only four years she was actually diagnosed with breast cancer hmm. and she did say that that could have caused a lot of a lack of focus within the business because of everything she was going through like obviously that's a tremendous diagnosis
0: yeah absolutely you <laughs>
1: have to battle with so in order to rectify her breast Cancer, she had a modified radical mastectomy, right? That's how you say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was used at the time to combat it. And then she couldn't find good breast prosthetics. And so ended up making her own. And after losing Barbie and Mattel, she would go on to start a new business under the new company name Ruthton Corp. So she got her name in it this time. There we go. And they worked on manufacturing a more realistic version of the woman's breast so that people who had had mastectomies could have more natural-looking breast prosthetics. Wow. Which, obviously, this was before a lot of the major surgeries for that were possible. And this was a much cheaper option. The invention was actually quite popular, and apparently the first lady at the time, Betty Ford, was personally fitted for one herself. Wow. Wow. Yeah. She died in California from complications of surgery of colon cancer on April 27, 2002. She was 85 and her husband died nine years later at the age of 95. Wow.
0: They lived very long lives.
1: They did. They lived really long lives. So like I said, she's not perfect either, but (laughs) yeah, but she definitely had a mind for invention and was a very like gung ho woman. You can tell that in everything Mm -hmm. that she did. And that's kind of the story of her. And how that ties into Barbie is you mentioned the first one. So there were two moments that led to the catalyst of her inspiration for the Barbie doll. The first one was watching her daughter, Barbara, (laughs) play with paper dolls in her home and realized her daughter was using them to depict her hopes for a future life. So she went to Mattel and she was like, Hey, I want to make a 3D doll. And everyone said, Nope, you can't do that. It's not possible. So then the next one was on a trip to Europe with her husband and children. She saw a doll in a drugstore that looked like a woman. So not a baby doll. Mm-hmm. It had breasts and like an actual female shape. And it was actually this little German fashion doll called Build Lily. Which strangely enough wasn't marketed towards children. I but know. adult <laughs> men. That, that made me feel uncomfy. I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It was like a little like... what I can describe it's like a little thing that came with like packs of tobacco yeah Like you get a little Build Lily doll when you bought your cigars. I don't know. (laughs) So strange. What were men doing with little adult dolls? Hopefully Um. (laughs) nothing but something for their shelf. (laughs) Yeah, so weird. So yeah, it was just like a common thing over in Germany. There was actually like a whole comic book for Build Lily. Mm -hmm. And she came with like a tiny little copies of the magazine that her comic was in. So I don't know. It was like a promotional tool. But they even had, like, this campaign where they encouraged young men to give their girlfriends a lily doll as a gift rather than flowers. Uh But then they, like, parodied it. And she had a little comic where she wrote, like, I found it so apt that you gave me a Lily doll as a present. Now I've got a similarly suitable present for you while presenting him with a puppet. It was like a very little tongue-in-cheek yeah, okay. situation. But very strange that they didn't market it towards children. After Barbie actually became popular, they started trying to market it towards children. And it did have a very short-lived time period. And then they sued Mattel. Oh, I
0: yeah, know.
1: Okay. Saying that they had infringed on their patent for her hip joint. And that it was like a copy of Build Lily. But they counterclaimed and the case was settled out of court. So they came to some kind of agreement where Mattel ended up buying the copyright and patent rights for the Build Lily doll for only $20,000. <laughs> wow. That's so yeah. crazy. <laughs> I know. Oh. So Mattel, like, I mean, they paid for it. So it was rightfully theirs. No, I mean, they did. It's just. I mean,
0: <laughs> we all know what Barbie is today. So, yeah, it's
1: crazy. I'm like, they should have asked for more. Yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, they sued when the company was only like two years old. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I mean, they had no idea, but I mean, that's the thing. You never know. I would have <laughs> waited. <laughs> yeah. If, if they knew what we knew now. Truly. Yeah. They tried to actually start a couple of other like fashion doll lines after mm. but by then barbie was global so nothing really stuck from the Build lily line that makes sense and it was hard to kind of like counteract the fact that they had been like a men's yes drugstore thing i don't know i still don't get it <laughs> they were tall too like the bill lily doll was taller than the barbie oh that makes it weirder to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway she bought one she took it home to the toy designers at mattel and she said look it's a 3d doll shaped like a woman like we can totally do this Mm -hmm. it's possible people are doing it and i we need to market it towards little girls so finally they were like okay We'll do it. She worked with the inventor and designer, Jack Ryan. They created their own version. There was some notable differences. Like it wasn't an exact thing. Like there was a whole description of Wikipedia if you really want to go into it into like the differences in their joint placements, like how things are connected and yeah. how their hair fit on them, <laughs> like all sorts of stuff. So <laughs> it's a whole thing. But one of the main controversies was actually the fact that Barbie had yeah a lot of people thought it was inappropriate to give little girls a doll with boobs which was funny because ruth continued to stress the importance of the doll representing what girls could be Mm -hmm. what they could grow up to be and she said they look at their moms and their aunts and their teachers and what do they all have they got boobs yeah they're shaped like women and so like in order to allow the young girls to see themselves in her she needed to look like women look Mm -hmm. one thing i thought was kind of funny especially because of all the controversy that comes later is they actually made a very concentrated effort to try and make barbie look all american and stress that she shouldn't be too pretty ah yeah they really wanted girls to be able to relate to her so originally the goal wasn't to be like the standard of beauty no they just wanted her to be Like a pretty doll, of course, but something Mm -hmm. more relatable. Interesting. And just look like a standard girl. Mm -hmm. Obviously with like doll proportions. So it wasn't realistic from the beginning, but like... No, but (laughs) but at least like the brand's intention. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it definitely, it was not the intention to create any type of body dysmorphia in anyone she really wanted the barbie to have an adult appearance they actually did a ton of market research and they were worried because parents were really unhappy about the doll's chest Uh. but they pushed forward anyway they premiered at the american toy fair in new york city on march 9th 1959 which is now known as barbie's birthday love it And she was an instant success. We actually watched a documentary, which we'll talk about more. But at first, they didn't have her on, like, the front table where the kids could see her. And her husband was ready to be like, hi, I told you so. Like, look, she's a flop. Mm -hmm. But then they moved her out into the front and immediately, like kids were picking her up and playing with her like moms were buying them for her their daughters like everyone was even just coming over to like touch her and like look at her cuz nothing like this had existed before like i feel yeah. like i have to keep stressing that, that like this was not a regular no, thing no and
0: that's like it's hard to even imagine it because it seems like such as like a part of toys now yes and it was actually a new thing like it's
1: one of those things that you don't even realize had to be invented but it but it did here (laughs) yes like imagine if every doll you would ever saw looked like a baby Mm -hmm. and then you see a barbie (laughs) that's like this pretty fashionable yeah Yeah. very very different the first barbie doll ever had a black and white zebra striped swimsuit and a signature top knot ponytail and was available as either a blonde or brunette Mm. margot robbie actually dressed exactly like this first barbie doll for the australian premiere of the barbie movie so if you want to see pictures of it it's i on love Google it everywhere. i've <laughs> yeah. been obsessed they marketed her as a teenage fashion model her clothes were actually created by the mattel fashion designer Char- charlotte johnson and all of the first barbie dolls were manufactured in japan which isn't crazy because japan was like the headquarter for all toys mm-hmm. for a really long time it might still be actually, yeah. And probably. their clothes were hand stitched by Japanese homeworkers. In the first year of production, they sold about three hundred and fifty thousand Barbie dolls. <laughs> that is insane.
0: <laughs> like I yep. almost, like, I didn't really believe all these numbers. Almost like I was shocked just how big it was. So instantly,
1: yeah, instant success. Like it was not even a question. Ruth definitely got to turn around to both of them and be like, "I <laughs> told you," <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> literally. <laughs> What they did as well, they created her at a one-sixth scale, which is now known as play scale, hmm. and makes Barbie about 11 and a half inches tall, and that was so that all of the accessories would be relatable to her size. So it's to scale. Ruth even negotiated a deal for the dolls to be advertised as the sole sponsors of the Mickey Mouse Club. Oh. And Barbie was the first toy to be advertised directly to children. That is insane to me. <laughs> Another thing that you didn't realize had to be like done first or I be invented. No. It also was like the first toy that they really utilized television mm. as like an advertisement method, which is also crazy to think about that not being a mm. common thing before. We've done an episode just about like
0: the women who invented television that's the a mm-hmm. book that we read and it touches a lot on not it doesn't ever talk about ruth and barbie but first off just just a side note of that's an awesome yeah. book and that was a fun episode that we did on it of just like all these things that you forget had to be done first and it's just so cool in like the history of TV and like modern culture that actually a lot of those people who were doing it first were women, even though we don't yes, know that.
1: Definitely. It is notable how many things we covered where it was like the first time this ever happened and who's behind it? A woman. A woman. Boom. <laughs> so the Barbie doll became the treasure of nine out of ten American girls. Wow. And their counterparts in a hundred and fifty countries. Barbie went global. In her 64 years of existence, Barbie has had a staggering 72. In 2019, it was actually believed to be nearly 200. So I can't even imagine how many more there are now. (laughs) Yeah. Careers in her time which we talked a little bit about earlier. It's been everything from like a cheerleader, Olympic athlete, Air Force pilot, boutique owner, waitress, hairdresser, astronaut, veterinarian, even the president of the United States. Wikipedia actually totaled it up. <laughs> and she would have earned an impressive salary of 45 million dollars wait,
0: $267,107. Barbie can do it all.
1: Yes, she can. I love it. <laughs> And speaking of that, they actually had a series of novels that was published, right after, which I have not read, but oh, I didn't know sound adorable. Mm-hmm. It was by Random House in the 1960s, and it gave her her little backstory. So her full name is Barbara Millicent Roberts. i know
0: i think it's so cute that barbie is named after their daughter barbara
1: i know so simple so cute and like the fact that her name is barbara millicent robert yeah that is such a basic like name i just love it i love it too (laughs) it's cute her parents are george and margaret roberts and she is from the fictional town of willows wisconsin cute in the novels she attends willows high school and then she goes to Manhattan International High School in New York City. Trullian. High school in New York. All-American
0: girl, honestly. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> she has an on-and-off-again relationship with her then-boyfriend, Ken, whose full name is Kenneth Sean Carson and is actually named after their son, which is kind of funny because Barbie and Ken are siblings in real life. But, but that's still cute. They just like named it after their own kids. Yeah, they're like, we need a boy name. Here oh. Ken. <laughs> yeah, love it. Who actually appeared only a year after Barbie did. He Ooh. was invented in 1961. Or is that 2 years after? Oh, okay. yeah, two shortly years. after. Yeah. A news release from Mattel in February of 2004 announced that Barbie and Ken had decided to split up. <gasps> no <laughs> but in 2006 they announced that they were hoping to rekindle their relationship after ken had had a makeover wow <laughs> in 2011 so a couple of years later they launched a campaign for ken to win back barbie's affection and they reunited on valentine's day in 2011
0: i love that there's like official barbie lore like when barbie and ken are back together and not
1: yep that makes they broke up happy. they've been back together It sounds like a toxic
0: relationship, but you know, they're made for each other. What can I say?
1: They literally were made for each other. More like Ken was made for Barbie. Agreed. There we go. They've also created a range of other companions and relatives for her. She has three younger sisters, Skipper, Stacy, and Chelsea, who was actually named Kelly until 2011. Then it was switched to Chelsea. Mm. There's also retired members. So there was Todd, who was a twin brother to Stacy, which... I actually think I have a Todd and Stacy.
0: Wow.
1: I had little toddler Barbies. and okay. I, I think they were twins. That makes sense. So I'm pretty sure I had a Todd and Stacy. Then there was Chrissy, who was a baby sister, and Francie, who was her cousin. She also had... Okay, note, these are named because... <laughs> Of the diversity movements later. So like this is not politically correct. But she had okay, cool. Hispanic Teresa. Oh, yeah. Not politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Midge, African-American Christy, and Stephen, who is Christy's boyfriend. And I think also Black. So like the first Black Ken doll. Kind of, but his name's Stephen. She was also friendly with Blaine, an Australian surfer, during her split with Ken in 2004. I feel like I'm reading a gossip column. I know. <laughs> Amazing. What's another like funny note is she's had over 40 pets, including cats, dogs, horses, a panda, a lion cub, and a zebra. She's had a wide range of vehicles, including a pink beetle and Corvette convertible, a trailer, and a Jeep. She holds a pilot license, officially, and operates commercial airliners, in addition to serving as a flight attendant, hopefully not at the same time. Barbie's careers are designed to show that women can take on a variety of roles in life, and the doll has been sold with a wide range of titles, including Miss Astronaut Barbie, Dr. Barbie, and NASCAR Barbie, like we talked about. She also owned a house, The had dream a car, house. her own job, mm-hmm. and these were things, this is what's so notable. These were things women weren't allowed to do themselves at the time. Yeah, that's so true. Mhm. Barbie owned property. Women back then couldn't legally own property. Barbie owned property. Barbie had her own car. Women back then went. couldn't put their a car in their name. Yeah. And she had any job she wanted, which we've talked so much about how women were just not allowed to just walk in and have any job that they wanted. So it was just like a really important thing to note that the Barbie was doing things that women weren't allowed to do. Yeah. Her boyfriend was even created and marketed as an accessory to Barbie. Like literally. (laughs) And it was seen as like an optional choice. You can buy the Ken doll if you want her to have a boyfriend, but she doesn't need him. But he's available if you want it. And what's something that's really notable for 1950s icon is that she has remained childless and unmarried, which is extremely progressive. I was just going to say,
0: I mean, the reason why is because they want to keep it open-ended that you know, people can play by themselves and just decide but I mean it seems like they really care about the canon and side note I think it's hilarious that within Barbie canon they're like yes Barbie has had all these jobs she's had all these pets and she's you know like I love that it's all just the same person it's all just Barbie. I know it's
1: not unrealistic at all it is her. It is one character. Did you ever watch the bloopers of the Barbie movies? (laughs) Yes I love you just unlocked a memory but yes I I did (laughs) so the whole like idea behind these movies is that Barbie Is an actress, and she is in these movies as an actress. Mm -hmm. So even the title of the movie say like Barbie as the the Swan Princess, yes, or yeah, yeah, like or Barbie starring in the Nutcracker, like, and Barbie as Rapunzel, (laughs) yeah the bloopers have her barbie like a messing up on her lines yeah
0: when <laughs> it's like an animated movie <laughs> oh my god so they
1: had to go in and animate these fake bloopers uh, like they are dedicated to this bit that it is this same person you no know, i think i'm gonna watch time. a
0: barbie movie tonight actually i, know, after I was trying done. to find
1: them actually on streaming what like really i are. totally want to watch one hmm.
0: anyways but it's just so funny i've realized like oh my gosh they are like committing to the bit you know of like brand integrity of like no this is barbie this is one character and it's so interesting of like so many things that they do like point back to being like no it's one barbie and she's all of these things like there's only one barbie
1: she's literally everything Uh like i know people are joking about that movie subtitle but like she is literally everything everything. and he's just (laughs) (laughs) ken yep i'm so excited um something that's funny too so they got a lot of early controversy for not having, like, a Barbie with a baby. Mm -hmm. People are like, wow, she can be everything, but she can't be a wife and mother.
0: Okay, whatever.
1: (laughs) Which, okay. So they actually, that's one of the reasons they created Midge. She married Alan, who was Ken's best friend, and the two started a family. She actually was sold as a pregnant doll with a baby in her belly, and then he came in a set with their son, Ryan. But, of course, a lot of toy stores had the problem with selling a pregnant doll, especially because Barbie dolls look young, like... (laughs) I saw like that, so then old. it was,
0: like, encouraging teen pregnancy.
1: <laughs> yes, no, apparently. There's the most, the canon is marriage. <laughs> and it was Walmart who had, like, the biggest problem with it. So apparently, Mattel made a special version just for Walmart wow. that had Midge with a newborn baby instead of a pregnant belly. I so.
0: feel like it would probably be more fun to play with Midge with the baby rather than, like, a full-on pregnant doll. But, you know, I who think knows? the pregnant belly was removable.
1: Oh, because it said it came with a pregnant belly and the baby in her belly. So I think you could like take it off. That means you could like
0: play giving birth. Wow. Yeah.
1: Very insane. Yeah, I didn't
0: know about Midge. Okay,
1: cool. They also had like Midge was included in this like happy family line. So they ended up including a grandmother and grandfather. But they decided to stop selling them. And there was actually an article I read where they like reached out to Mattel for comment. and, And they were basically like. People can continue to play with Midge and Alan as like a family. But yeah, we've stopped the line and haven't continued it in that way. And then they commented in the article that like for Barbie to never have been specifically branded as a mom isn't a negative thing. It shows that it's an alternative. And they said there's other toys that fill that role. That's not what Barbie is for. And I thought that was really notable because there's so many toys that fill that role of motherhood that they're right. Like Barbie doesn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm glad that they have the midge toy. You know, if little girls want to have like a mom doll with like her little baby and everything like that that's fine but that's not what barbie is yeah (laughs) and they stuck to that Mm -hmm. that they weren't gonna make her what she wasn't created for
0: no yeah i love that and also who knows you know in child's personal play maybe barbie was a mom Doesn't matter. Yeah, she totally could have have been been whatever she wanted to be. Yeah. Whatever they wanted to be
1: because it's a toy. You can buy the midge with the baby and give it to Barbie. Yeah, maybe Barbie's a mom. Who cares? Yeah. But yeah, according to their canon, Barbie has never been married and she's never had a baby.
0: But I like that they stuck to it.
1: I do too. They are definitely the definition of committing to the bit. (laughs) One notable change I'll mention about her body before we move into everything else is only a few years after her inception, they adjusted her eyes. So the original Barbie actually looked down and they switched that and went to the iconic looking forward. And that was a very notable thing that they did because they wanted her not, they didn't want her to look passive. They wanted Barbie to look like she was in charge. So that was a really notable thing that they did where they, they changed the way that she, her eyes looked so that she would look like, she was more in charge instead of a passive doll. We're gonna take a quick break just to
0: spotlight one of our new favorite women artists.
1: So today for my
0: spotlight, I am spotlighting Luma. Her Instagram is Luma Chai, I believe. L-U-M-A-C-H-A-I-I, Luma Chai. She does commissions and they are open and she first popped up on my For You page because she is doing a lot of the Barbie and Ken looks from this new movie that have been Cute. released and doing them in her style of art and beyond that actually the first one that popped up on me was like a modern version of the Barbie Princess and the Popper. this one obsessed so cute i absolutely love it and she does that like she did barbie Fairytopia, but like modernized so it you know fit more of today's styles so she does a lot of barbie inspired drawings and looks but hey you can also get a commission done if you want her to draw you or draw whoever and they're adorable honestly so
1: yeah they really really are i love
0: the barbie and ken ones
1: that western outfit is definitely going to be like the top costume
0: oh 100
1: (laughs) i'm like oh yeah
0: that's happening it is absolutely happening so yes go check her out she has a website oh she just has an etsy shop that you can go
1: support and get a commission done so love it mine's an etsy shop and it actually popped up on my discover thing for etsy which is always so enjoyable Kate, you know how in the Barbie movies they have like necklaces mm-hmm. for some of them? Like most notably the Mermaidia and the Fairytopia ones? Yes. Someone is making them and selling them on Etsy. Ooh. Because why not, right? Because of um, course. And they're gorgeous. The count is called Riora Collection R E O R A H. I think there's an Instagram. Let me double check. Yes. Riora Collection. Handmade in Turkey. And she has a bunch of them right now. Like her featured ones are the Fairytopia and Mermedia, like butterfly necklaces, or they have like a pearl one. She has a little bibble one. Oh, I mean, yeah, you'd have to. <laughs> she also does a lot of like friendship ones. So they have like the Mermedia, Elena, and Nori thing. They have like rings for Erica and Annalise that are like a crown and then like her, oh, Annalise's mm-hmm. like, flower crown. There's the ballerina shoes for the twelve dancing princesses. Oh
0: my gosh, I love this!
1: Like it's just cute. She has the magic of the Pegasus princess, like necklace and ring. The Rapunzel necklace from the movie. <sighs> oh, that that's my favorite Barbie movie is the Rapunzel she one. She even has the Nutcracker sugar plum princess, like locket in a ring. Swan Lake. That's like, so cute. They're all there, you guys, and they're all very very cute so pretty mm-hmm. like fully very very gorgeous you can tell they're very well made and of course she includes like pictures of the characters with everyone so you know what you're getting oh wow she even has the 12 dancing princesses with their birthday flowers because remember each of them were named after a flower mm-hmm. and you can get any of the 12 i so love it yes definitely go check it out it looks like she also has some like disney princess inspired ones too with like you know Barbie movies weren't Your childhood, which can't relate, but it's fine. (laughs) True. Very true. And they ship worldwide. So check out her account and her Etsy shop. That's again, Rora Collective. All right, now back to the show i'm gonna jump into a little bit of the
0: controversies that the brand has been faced with we watched a documentary tiny shoulders rethinking barbie which is cute because it's like the weight of the world on her tiny little shoulders For um, real, though but really and the documentary focuses like on the brand and is pretty much in the brand meetings as they go into this rebrand that they did in 26 or yeah 2016 it was called Mm -hmm. their fashionista line where they like introduced a lot more body types so that it wasn't just the specific barbie that you know is the more classic look in response to a lot of controversies that they were getting i found it so interesting just because there were so many clips that they used in the documentary of it's like women's marches and like chants where they were saying like i'm not a barbie Mm -hmm. i'm not this and so it's really interesting how i mean we spent the whole first half of this episode talking about what Barbie wanted to be and how Barbie started and you would think that a lot of those things were you know inherently progressive and feminist and something that they would like latch on to but somewhere the translation got lost as far as what the brand was and how it was perceived and i'm not necessarily saying that like culture did a bad job on reading the situation there were a lot of times that even the documentary mentioned where like the brand missed the mark as far as with how they were marketing the doll and how they were pushing it to people so it's just interesting really you know of just like how that morphed and changed and so that now barbie kind of like has a negative connotation and i think even now it's very common to like refer to a woman as like oh, she's a Barbie. And that has negative connotation as like basic, vapid. Those are almost like the words that are associated with it, which is Mm -hmm. interesting. It kind of made me think too about like our fangirls episode where it's just like, if something is created for women, it's like inherently bad and it's used to diminish their femininity, you know? And I think maybe that's like what Barbie was in a way. It was an expression of the feminine like the brand is hot pink you know like everything about it is obviously girly and pink and it's so unashamedly it and like that's what they are trying to be and so it's just a wonderful other example of how something that started so good for girls became something that was like used as an insult and it was really interesting to like hear the brand in this documentary talk about like all the ways that They've gotten so much negative press, like from all sides of like, you know, more progressive sides talking about the fact that like they're not inclusive enough, which I think they do have valid points there, of course. But then from the other side of just being like, oh, she's just a dumb Barbie and like using yeah. that as like something derogatory and mean towards women. So they was crazy definitely too. got caught in the middle of all of it.
1: Like they interviewed the PR manager for a lot of it. And she brought up the point that she thinks it would be easier to work for the NFL because they would have to deal with less negative press. (laughs) Which is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. But then I was like, she's totally right, though. Like they get less negative press than Barbie does on, like, a Mm -hmm. daily basis. She said they were, like, constantly putting out fires for everything that they do, and every decision they make is, like, immediately put under a magnifying glass. Yeah. Like, it was crazy to think about, like, no other toy in the history of our world has that kind of pressure.
0: Really? Yeah. It was interesting to, like, I guess really understand the weight of what... Barbie has been culturally in ways that maybe forgot because I haven't personally Mm -hmm. been purchasing or really interacting with Barbies a lot, except for fully consuming any content that I've seen about this new movie. Anyway, up until this past year, (laughs) up until this past year, it's been mainly off my radar. But I'm gonna talk about some of the controversies. The first thing that I'm gonna talk though is like about body image. And how people have theories about how that like affected girls. So light trigger warning. Obviously, we're not going to talk about anything heavy. But if you don't want to hear about body image issues, skip the next couple minutes. Anyways, Mm -hmm. but from the start, they received critiques that the blonde plastic doll conveyed an unrealistic body image to girls and criticisms of Barbie are often centered around concerns that children would consider Barbie as a role model and will attempt to emulate her. And in some ways that's really awesome because Barbie has all of these careers and it's such an awesome thing to put that in girls' heads. But on the other hand, like I've mentioned, the common criticism is that she promotes an unrealistic idea of body image for young women. They fully like divided it out. So, like you mentioned, a standard Barbie doll is 11.5 inches. And you mentioned like the one-sixth play scale, which means that to scale, she would be five foot nine inches. That's how tall Barbie mm-hmm. would be. So with that, they have estimated based off of that same scale, like how many inches her chest would be, her waist and her hips. And according to the research by the University Central Hospital in Helsinki, Finland, which is just crazy to me that there's been like a you know, full-on research product about I this, studied. but she would lack the 17 to 22% of body fat required for women to menstruate. So if if Barbie was to scale, she would be dangerously underweight. There's some other things that have happened or that happened in the past where in 1963, the outfit Barbie Babysits came with a book titled How to Lose Weight, which just advised don't eat, where (laughs) the same book was included in another group called Slumber Party, in 1965 along with a pink bathroom scale that was set at a very low weight of 110 pounds which is you know considered underweight for a woman of the to scale height and and you know what like the documentary did reference that and saying like yes that was bad but you can't necessarily put all of this on barbie because barbie has always been a reflection of the current culture. And if you look through any fashion magazine or any just magazine, period, it was the exact same messaging that was being spread. So, yeah, I understand their point. It is obviously really bad, but, like, is it Barbie's fault? I mean, they they were just a part of the echo chamber that was just all bad. Mattel, though, has said that the waist of the Barbie doll is so small because of the waistbands of her clothes. And, you know, and and I get it. Like, you're dressing a doll, so it's, you know, not always going to be to scale obviously but in 1997 yeah. Barbie's body mold was redesigned and given a wider waist which Mattel was saying that this would make the doll better suited to contemporary fashion designs so that's another thing to know is that even like before responding to like this type of like loud modern controversy the Barbie doll body has changed Like a lot, a lot of times throughout history. So Mm. them creating new shaped bodies, it's not the first time that they've done that. It's not them suddenly deciding to respond to backlash. The Barbie doll has actually been ever changing. Yeah like i mentioned in 2016 which is what the main focus of this documentary was about mattel introduced a range of new body types tall petite and curvy releasing them exclusively as part of the barbie fashionistas line curvy barbie obviously received a great deal of media attention and it was actually a cover of time magazine with the headline now can we stop talking about my body but despite the curvy doll's body shape It was actually a pretty low size in US clothing equivalency. So, you know, there's more controversy kind of surrounding that.
1: What was crazy to me is in the documentary, they talk about why they hadn't done it before. Like they had Mm -hmm. asked all the employees what they wanted to do. And so many of them were like, diversify Barbie's body type. Yeah. And then they went into like, they had had test groups where they had shown a plus size Barbie to children. And they had been like, oh, this Barbie's fat. And like laughed and made fun of the Barbie because she was bigger. And they're like, are children even going to play with this? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it, there are, they're a corporation. You know, like their intent is to make money. And then the other thing, too, that I didn't even think about is the fact that by making her with thicker thighs or like shorter or taller, bigger, mm-hmm. you automatically make it so that the clothes can't be shared across all of them anymore. And that was such a crucial part of what Barbie yeah. was is that. You could buy as many Barbie dolls, buy as many sets. They would fit all of your Barbies. You could put the dresses on any of them. Mm -hmm. The other one was their shoes. If you change their shape, then you can't give them the same size feet. So then that changes. Then another thing they brought up is like motorcycles, cars. Like all of that changes. You change the Barbie body type. You're changing the entire accessory lineup that they have established for 60 plus years Mm -hmm. of how this doll plays. And so it made sense. Like it was a much bigger thing than i think people think too where they're like we'll just make a bigger barbie like no you don't understand like there's a whole thing involved yeah in like changing the way that this doll is created
0: truly and and that was something that i actually liked that the documentary shined light on which it was like all of the staff was for it like they all wanted mm. it they all recognized the need for it it was just like logistically how do we do this and almost like this paranoia of And what if we don't do it right? (laughs) Yeah, You know, and like, what if our attempts actually don't come across as genuine and as something that, you know, they're trying to do? Also, they just love the Barbie brand, by the way. And it's very nice. It was so
1: cute. (laughs) Like, hearing all of them talk about Barbie and, like, even criticism they get from friends and family for, Mm -hmm. like, working for Barbie, but then, like, how much they truly... They just love Barbie. They do. And, like, what she stands for, like, what she truly stands for Mm -hmm. at the core of what the brand is. And that's what they want her to stand for. You know, like, the idealized version of what Barbie stands for. The idealized, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was really touching.
0: Yeah, I would recommend it for sure. I want to touch on some other controversies. Some (laughs) are... funny to be honest (laughs) this one made me laugh so in july of 1992 mattel released a teen talk barbie which spoke a number of phrases including will we ever have enough clothes and i love shopping and (laughs) want to have a pizza party each doll was programmed to say four out of 270 possible phrases the point was so that no two given dolls were likely to be the same they showed that's like there's about 200 and like 200 million, basically, like possible combinations, which was insane. I know. But one of these 270 phrases was math class is tough, which led to some criticism from the American Association of University Women. Apparently, like only 1% of the dolls actually said the phrase, but it was also like kind of like misattributed in the media by saying math is hard. <laughs> and so it was pretty much just like, oh, so Barbie's just stupid and is like, you know, no.
1: math, is math hard. class is tough, Barbie. <laughs>
0: like, <true. laughs> but I, but you know, I think people were a little like, hmm. So she just loves shopping and this and yeah, complaining it's that math not is not a
1: great. It's not a great comparison. I love shopping. If you're trying (laughs) to
0: say, yeah, like women (laughs) are smart and capable. (laughs) And those are the four phrases you get. It's, you know, it doesn't really do great for your brand awareness. I don't think.
1: Uh, No. So they got some controversy
0: for that. You mentioned the one with Midge where Mm -hmm. it was. Pulled from certain markets due to complaints that she promoted teen pregnancy, even though she was supposed to be a married adult. In November of 2014, so this one's actually pretty recent, they received criticism over the book I Can Be a Computer Engineer, which depicted Barbie as being inept at computers <laughs> and required that her two male friends complete all of her necessary tasks to restore two laptops after she accidentally infects her and her sister's laptop with a malware-laced USB flash drive. Come on, (laughs) Barbie, you could be a computer programmer. Don't give me that. Exactly. (laughs) You know, critics pointed out the sexism, sexist undertones. As other books in the I Can Be series depicted Barbie as someone who was competent in those jobs, and did not require outside assistance. And they later removed the book from sale on Amazon in response, and the company released a computer engineer Barbie, who was a game programmer rather than just a designer. So...
1: There you go. They tried. You know, I will say, with all of their controversy, they always respond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's something to, like, I think give them credit for, is that, like, they do mess up a lot. They do.
0: Oh, my gosh. There was one moment in the documentary where... I honestly I was like reading through my notes I wasn't fully paying attention but they talked about how like they did like the the first original Barbie and it was in Sports Illustrated with the tagline of like Barbie unapologetic and everyone was like what does that mean like (laughs) (laughs) there's like a moment where they're interviewing the PR person and she's just like yeah, I don't know. Like she just like, <laughs> has this like defeat of like, I don't know why we did that. That was bad. That was bad, bad, bad. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't read very well to like in the wake of, you know, being criticized for n- not being inclusive and for yeah hurting girls and have making women or young girls have issues with their body to be in sports illustrated with the original, like really, really tiny waisted 1960s doll <laughs> with the tagline unapologetically Barbie. It's like, um, mm- yeah (laughs) that is not a great move i don't think but they definitely missed the mark (laughs) also like talking about the fact that they responded to criticisms pointing to a lack of diversity in the line started in 1960 it did produce hispanic dolls that later became models from like across the globe colored francie which you know is the name horrible of... horrible name. Yeah, she did debut in 1967, but, but that is not a great thing that she was called. But she did exist, and she is sometimes described as the first African American Barbie doll. But she was produced using the existing head molds for the white Francie doll. So that's the thing. I'm like, Francie existed in two different skin colors. Which I'm like, just make a new character. Give her name. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that hard. Exactly, and lack distinct. <laughs> like African characteristics other than just the dark Mm -hmm. skin. The first African-American doll in the Barbie range is usually regarded as Christy, who made her debut in 1968. Black Barbie was launched in 1980, but still had Caucasian features. But then in 1990, Mattel created a focus group with African-American children and parents, early childhood specialists, and a clinical psychologist, actually. And so then instead of using the same molds as the Caucasian Barbies, new ones were created, which... In addition, like facial features, skin tones, hair texture, and names were all altered. So the body shapes did look a little bit different, but the proportions were the same to ensure that the clothing and accessories were still interchangeable. So that's good. They've tried in, you know, a couple different ways. They really have, like, they, tr- they have put effort forward. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll two- give them that. In 2009, they introduced the sew-in style range, which was intended to create a more realistic depiction of black people than previous dolls in 2016, Mattel expanded this line to include, like I mentioned, seven skin tones, 22 eye colors, and 24 hairstyles. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, like those dolls were so pretty. Like they. They were. Yeah, I. They loved also did. I don't
1: think we mentioned it, but they included a tall Barbie, a petite Barbie mm-hmm. who was shorter, and then also their curvy Barbie who was a little bit of bigger of a body type, and then. They just like you could tell they put so much effort into it. Like, they were even talking about for the photo shoot making sure that the plus size Barbie doll wasn't in like frumpier clothing than the other ones. Yeah, then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you're curvy, like, you can't be fashionable. Exactly, like, no, that's the exact opposite of what we're going for. And they had them all available in like all skin tones and hair colors and everything, like, all lined up. Mm-hmm. It was, it was cute.
0: Yeah, and the brand now offers over 22 skin tones, 94 hair colors. 13 eye colors, and five body types. So mm-hmm. it's an ever-changing brand, which we love. Another controversy that, you know, was just an example of them changing and learning is that May of 1997, they introduced a Share a Smile Becky, which was a doll in a pink wheelchair. But then Kirstie Johnson, who was a 17-year-old high school student in Tacoma, Washington, she pointed out that the doll would not fit into the elevator of Barbie's $100 dream house. So then they redesigned the house so that in the future, the house could actually accommodate the doll that they made. Yeah. So that they could it's, use the wheelchair. It's like,
1: wow, what an oversight. And then you think about the fact that like, there are so many things. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's so many
0: things. But you know, it's just yeah. an example of unfortunately, like if you are going to try and change and grow, like you're just going to get a lot of things wrong. A little bit more about uh, like body image and then i think i think we'll wrap up the controversies like i said some of these are sillier than others The the talks a lot one (laughs) it's just so
1: unfortunate math is hard that
0: one just made me laugh but this one is like barbie syndrome which is a term that has been used to depict the desire to have a physical appearance and lifestyle representative of the Barbie doll. It's often most associated with pre-teenage and adolescent girls, but is applicable to, of course, anyone. But a person with Barbie syndrome attempts to emulate the doll's physical appearance, even though the doll has unattainable body proportions. The syndrome is seen as a form of body dysmorphic disorder, results in a various... Levels of potential eating disorders, as well as cosmetic surgery, and there's been a couple people like there's a Ukrainian model named Valeria Lukanova has received attention from the press due to in part to her appearance of having like been modified based on the physique of Barbie, and she stated that she only has breast implants and relies heavily on makeup and context all to her her appearance. But then there's also other people who's like reality TV personalities that is like referred to the Million Dollar Barbie, has undergone 12 breast augmentation surgeries to become Barbie. And, you know, there's a lot of names and a lot of people this applies to so that it, it has become like a syndrome like it's been a named and there was even like in 2006 researchers Helga Dittmar, Emma Hollowell and Susan Ive conducted an experiment testing how dolls including Barbie affect self-image in young girls where they gave pictures to girls ages 5 through 8 and one of the photos of Barbies and the others of Emma or M a doll with more realistic Physical features the girls were then asked about their ideal body size and their research found that girls who were exposed to the images of barbie had significantly lower self-esteem than the girls who had photos of the other doll so sorry i forgot to mention that when we were originally talking about body image so kind of disjointed that but you know just goes back to it's like i feel like it's really interesting just how much barbie has kind of come under attack where they they're doing all these research you know studies on her and i'm not necessarily saying it's bad that they've done it i would i'm of the personal opinion that i think they are putting a lot on barbie as far as like culturally what it could do but also maybe i'm being naive like i understand that it's like what children play with are gonna affect the way they view the world but i do think that barbie like there's
1: a red target on their back. but i don't know if all of it goes on barbie you know yeah i like i think of other dolls like it's not like Other dolls have realistic proportions either. Like I think of the Bratz dolls. They were very (laughs) exaggerated in (laughs) different ways. But and then you think of like Cabbage Patch dolls or like American Girl dolls. Like the eyes are always bigger. The nose is always smaller. Like, yeah, I think it's a general toy issue. And it's it's funny to me that it does kind of fall on Barbie every time.
0: That's what and another thing, too, is like, of course, these are so important conversations to have of like body image and what is making young girls have poor body image and you know mm-hmm. like all of these things and like also like pointing out a brand's lack of diversity like that is something that's good and also you know trying to figure out how we can help young girls like all these things are really really good things but as far as like body image and claiming that Barbie is an anti-feminist thing I I feel like that misses the mark and I feel like it is pointing blame at something that doesn't deserve the blame and it's almost like another way that we can blame women yeah but I don't know. Maybe this is a wrong take and people don't agree. But like that is the vibe <laughs> that I get where it's like, who can we blame all of society's problems on? Barbie, you know, like all of mm. women's issues. It's Barbie's fault. Where It's like, what about, what about like the men who implemented these, sin- yeah, these exactly. systems and I was
1: like, to me, like Barbie will always be inherently feminist mm-hmm. because of what she was able to accomplish for toys and for young girls. The body image stuff is a reflection of the society she was a part of. She was created mm-hmm. in 1950. Like, they weren't really focused on body positivity at that time. It was revolutionary that Barbie had a job. It was revolutionary <laughs> yes. that she even had boobs. Yes. So, they weren't focused on that. They were just trying to make something that, like, parents were comfortable buying and that kids were attracted to. Mm-hmm. So, they made her pretty. And I think that if anything, like what the documentary really showed me is that the people who are running Barbie, they care. They do. Mm -hmm. They care so much. Like you could tell they really, really cared about making sure that Barbie continued to be a reflection of society. And yeah, it's a small step. Like you mentioned, like the curvy Barbie was only like a four size six or something. Yeah. Uh Compared to like US standard size. But you know small steps are still steps and Mm -hmm. she does have tiny little feet so we'll (laughs) give her a break (laughs) no i agree
0: and i mean as i was watching the documentary i did have the thought of like you know the barbie brand is behind this so i'd almost like be interested in like what is the opposite like what's the documentary made by the people who hate barbie Um, oh yeah you know but at the same time i feel like i'd still hold the opinion where it just seems like barbie has made mistakes she's a flawed woman but all in all like i i think the brand is net good in my opinion another like controversy i like or not controversy like critique that i did see too is it's like the focus on consumerism where having so many different dolls so many different accessories that it's like it encourages people to like buy 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 all of them but, you know, Barbie's not the only one doing it. So it's <laughs> was like, welcome to America. Yeah, and, like, that <laughs> is unfortunately a corporation, an American thing. I don't like
1: corporations. I don't think they're good. But, you know, it's not Barbie. It's... No. As, and, like, yeah. that that kind of comes down to parents, too. Like, not to put it all on them, but I mean... I didn't own every single Barbie. (laughs) No. Well, I think that's why I I had more Polly Pockets is because they were cheaper. Yeah. And I was like, like I said, my dad built my Barbie house. I did not own the $100 Barbie Dream Mansion. But... That was, like, that was fine. I was just as happy. So yeah, I like it, it's a balance, you know, it, it always is. is. Just like a little thing to tie up is that Barbie is still progressing. Like obviously the body type thing happened in 2016, but in 2018 in time for International Women's Day, they actually unveiled the Barbie Celebrates Role Models campaign. And it was a line of 17 dolls that were informally known as She-Ros. She like heroes but with an s oh cute heroes Mm -hmm. with diverse backgrounds which was to showcase examples of extraordinary women Cool. and they wanted it was like a controversy of like mothers wanting their daughters to have more positive role models and so they created barbies that looked like women from history that were important and we've actually talked about quite a few of the people we've had podcasts on, have had Barbie dolls modeled yeah. after them. Mm-hmm. So there was Frida Kahlo, Patty Jenkins, Chloe Kim, Nicola Adams, Iptahaj Muhammad, Bindi Irwin, Amelia Earhart, Misty Copeland, Yeah. on, mm-hmm. Helene DeRose, Katherine Johnson, Sarah Gama, Martina Wojcicki, Wajikhaus- Jachowska, Gabby Douglas, Guan Sao Tong, Ava Duvarney, Yanyan Tan, Iris Apfel, who's a designer actually, Ashley Graham, and Layla Pidaesh, which amazing. So that was the original lineup. You can tell extreme diversity. Yeah, I love it. And then in 2020, they actually announced a new release, which included a Paralympic champion, Madison de Rosario, And then in 2021, they had a Naomi Osaka Barbie doll who had actually partnered with Barbie two years earlier. And then a month before that, they had a Julie Bishop doll, which was used to acknowledge the former Australian politician. And I think they've continued to do those because we just had a Maya Angelou episode and Mm -hmm. she also has a Barbie doll. Yes. So they're continuing, they're progressing. I love the idea of creating them after Realistic Women, especially because we had Disney princess dolls and everything else. You know, like, why not give your kid... The like, real, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real I people. Think that's great. <laughs> Very amazing. And then just like there's been lots of honors. I won't go into a ton of it, but there's been exhibits of Barbie dolls in the Louvre. There's been paintings of Barbie dolls that sell for tons of money, collages and photographs. They had like a 50th birthday for Barbie in 2009 that was a runway fashion show during part of New York Fashion Week. Mm-hmm. And they actually created like, Hot couture looks from like Vera Wayne, Calvin Klein, Christian Louboutin, all a part of this like Barbie fashion show. If you live in Taiwan and you're lucky enough, you can go to the first Barbie themed restaurant called Barbie Cafe. <laughs> and they also have done a lot of partnerships with like this was the early 2021. They had a streaming television film, Barbie, Big City, Big Dreams on Netflix for children. And then they joined forces with a Grammy Award-nominated music producer, songwriter, singer, and actress Esther Dean and Girls Make Beats, which dedicated to expanding the future presence of female producers, which you can tell we care about a ton,
0: as well as DJs and
1: audio engineers to help inspire more girls to pursue a future in music production. So cool. So Esther Dean is so cool, too, by the way. They're trying. They're trying. (laughs) I feel like I sound desperate where I'm like, please don't hate Barbie. (laughs) But we are a pro Barbie podcast. We are. Like, I just feel like you can acknowledge the controversy and backlash of something while still appreciating, like, the core value and heart behind it Mm -hmm. and, like, what the intentions are, you know? And, like, you know, there's a balance between, like, intention versus impact. But just the fact that with every controversy they had, They fixed it. Yeah. Like usually within a year, you know, they'd be like, It's not diverse enough. We'll fix it. You did this wrong. We'll fix it. Like (laughs) this isn't enough. Okay, we'll fix it. Yeah. And
0: like (laughs) on one hand, yeah, you know, maybe it's disappointing that they're not like heading the charge and that they keep getting it wrong. But like, you know what, something can be said over
1: like you said, like responding to backlash and trying to be better. Agreed. And I mean that's a long history for a brand. It yeah, it is. And so go them. Like I feel like they're about to have a renaissance with this movie. I'm seeing Barbie stuff everywhere. Like all the brand partnerships. It's it's Mm -hmm.
0: inescapable
1: at this point. I saw someone who was like, Wow, I love that they did this because it feels just like the nineties when we were kids again where everything everything was Barbie. Barbie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I, I loved that too. Like pointing that out, I was like, Oh my gosh, yeah, Barbie was everywhere. So it's fun. It feels nostalgic. It feels great. The movie looks amazing. Mm -hmm. I've heard good news. And we'll talk more about it next Next week. week. Yes,
0: this is when it comes out. This is a two-parter. This is coming out the Monday before the movie comes out. We are going to do a really quick recording Right after we see it, to give our reactions and maybe talk a little bit more about the Barbie movies and maybe how much Barbie has seeped into our culture. Or who knows, maybe we'll just rave about the movie for an hour. We'll see.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how educational it ends up actually being. (laughs) But regardless. I'm so excited. I'm going to a Barbie viewing party, guys. Like we are celebrating. I'm so excited
0: for you to go. I'm definitely going Thursday (laughs) night as well. But yeah, so go see Barbie this weekend and come back with us next Monday see if we have the same opinions
1: on the movie mm-hmm. and I'm excited I love Margot Robbie I know same and perfect casting oh my gosh mm-hmm. but we can talk about it next we'll week. talk about it next week <laughs> anyways in the meantime though if you do want to get a little bit of behind the scenes on the doll highly highly recommend that documentary it's on Hulu just called Tiny Shoulders Rethinking mm-hmm. Barbie it was great I honestly really enjoyed it it was like an hour and 30 minutes yeah mm-hmm. and we'll be back next week bye oh.